rise as you are able and receive this reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 22. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees uh, together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a great question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. I love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Gracious God, may the words of meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, for you and you alone, O God, are our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Last week, we reflected together on a trick question posed to Jesus and Jesus' somewhat ambiguous answer. Now, some of us are more comfortable with ambiguity. So I trust that everyone will be relieved that this week, when Jesus was posed a question, he gives a straightforward answer. He just answered the question. How about that? The greatest command, he said, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then he connects another commandment as a companion to the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love neighbor. Anyone who has studied these teachings of the Judeo-Christian tradition knows well enough that the love called for here is not just a warm, fond feeling, but rather a love that takes shape in concrete choices and actions, in setting priorities and making sacrifices. In Luke's account of this story, Jesus follows this teaching with the story of the Good Samaritan. To make sure and to make clear that our neighbors are not just those close to us geographically or emotionally, and to clarify that good neighbor requires that we actually do something to care for others, especially those who are hurting. Love in the Christian sense requires that we utilize all the resources at our disposal in ways that show our love for God and for others. But the law of love is not just about what we give or what we do. It's also about what we One of the things that I love most is to plant things and watch them grow. Whether that's planting a seed in the life of someone that helps flourish into a closer connection, or whether it's planting an actual tree 
and watching the branches spread to provide nourishment and shelter for the birds. In today's psalm, we receive the image of a tree planted by water as a metaphor for those who, quote, delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it night and day. This might strike some as odd. I mean, who really delights in reading the book of Leviticus? <laughs> but as we just heard from Jesus, as we just heard from Jesus, all the law and all the prophets are meant to call us back to what we call the great commandment, love of God and love of neighbor. That's what all those laws are trying to get us back to. Those who focus on, who delight in God's law of love are like trees planted by streams which yield their fruit in season. Their leaves don't wither, and in all their ways they prosper. You see, when we make love of God and love of neighbor the center of our lives, we receive constant sustenance, like water that renews and refreshes a tree fueling it for every season of life, giving it what it needs to bear fruit, so we are renewed and sustained the energy of giving and receiving love. Every act of love plants a seed that can grow in the world and in our own lives. In short, love is good for your body and your soul. Think about a time, I want you to think about a time when someone shared with you a way that you had changed their lives. Perhaps it was that you inspired them in some way or you taught them something or you were simply there for them when they needed you. How did that feel? How did it make you feel to know how the love that flows through you made a difference? Think about a time when you worked with others in service or in a mission to do good of others. How did that feel in your heart? How did that change your perspective? There's something powerful and energizing about doing something that in life-giving ways, especially when we live in a time and place like this one where there is so much need and hurt in the world. To know that we can do something, that we can make an impact is powerful, and we do it all the time. Our acts of love make a difference for our neighbors, certainly, and they make a difference in our own lives, our own hearts. Our Wesleyan tradition gives us a model for the greatest commandment of loving God and neighbor. John Wesley loved a good method, right? He liked to make it plain. And he used the language of acts of piety and acts of mercy. That these act out love of God and love of neighbor. Acts of piety include our personal devotions, our prayers, reading scripture, meditation and contemplation, and also the communal acts of getting together for Bible study, like this morning. 
And acts of mercy, these, those ways, acts of piety, those are the ways that we draw close to God, that we honor God and show our love for God. Acts of mercy are things also that are personal and include everything from writing a note of encouragement or thanks to visiting the sick, feeding the hungry, repairing homes, and advocating for justice and equity. This holistic, concrete approach to our spiritual practice is what it means to be United Methodist. And really, it's simply a concrete guide for how to follow the commandment to love God and to love neighbor. This past Wednesday, our board, Foundry Board, at the beginning of our meeting, to give board members a chance to familiarize themselves with the physical plant systems, review current needs for repair, and I'll just give you a little tip, little insight. There's lots of needs for repair in our old barn. And also to assess the state of the spaces for the ministries that happen in this building. And as we moved through the tour, we heard the sounds of the choir rehearsing. Thank you, choir observed folk who were busy in the kitchen, a diverse big group of foundry folk making a thousand sandwiches for distribution to unhoused neighbors. We observed the AA group gathering in the center. We witnessed volunteers working away at our Books to Prisons mission. We encountered Stanley in this space earlier in our tour, giving a tour of the sanctuary to the composers whose pieces were premiered in Justice 40th anniversary worship celebration that happened in this space the very next evening. That's just one pretty typical Wednesday evening at Foundry Church. And I'm going to ask that you indulge me about some other things. Our ESL program, our English as a Second Language program, has the highest registration levels since the quarantine right now. Our children are learning about the fruits of the Spirit in children's worship. There is a new youth student leadership program that engages our teens in leadership in various ministries of the church, like having Charlie read the scripture for us this morning in worship. We consistently have 40 to 60 adults in Sunday and midweek classes. We are full partners with Washington Interfaith Network in advocating for building black wealth through home ownership, climate justice, affordable housing, and public safety. Our community is larger than we can fully track, though we're doing our best. And I just want to take a moment and say, hello, online community. We know you are there. Can we just say hello? They actually can sort of see us. Like, especially in the front, say, hello, hello, we're so glad you're there. And we give thanks to God. It's wonderful to have this larger community. And here's another fun fact. Fun fact, Foundry was voted best church in the Washington Blades annual best of edition this year. Um, and so, yes. I mean, maybe somebody was campaigning, but we didn't do it as a church. And what this tells me... What this tells me is that our witness as a fully inclusive community that advocates for justice for LGBT siblings makes an impact in our city. It makes an impact. And our ID ministry is serving upward of 2,000 clients a year. Let me say, our ID ministry here at Foundry 
is serving upward of 2,000 clients a year. This ministry, as you've already heard about, that accompanies clients in obtaining government IDs and birth certificates is a model that other faith communities us out to learn how to implement in their own contexts. And just this last week, board member and ID volunteer Kathy O'Sullivan shared the story of a client who came to Foundry in early 2022. She had and her birth was never registered in the state where she was born. She only had a difficult-to-read baptismal certificate as proof of her identity, and you can imagine that's not enough to get a real ID. In. And without that, of course, she could not uh, qualify for housing assistance. So Kathy and others began engaging with the Social Security Administration, State Departments of Vital Records, searches on Ancestry.com, outreach to religious organizations and schools, any place that might have a shred of information about this beloved child of God. It took the better part of two years, but this past week, finally received a birth certificate and was able, with that, to obtain what was needed to reinstate her housing. And the client wrote in exuberant gratitude to Jackie Wright, our social justice programs manager, and to the whole ID ministry team, quote, but for the Foundry UMC ID ministry and your individualized assistance, my world and very existence may have tilted out of its proverbial orbit. I share all of this to encourage you and to remind you all that while many of the things that I've mentioned here are simply part of our DNA and have grown familiar are and simply what we do, all of it continues to change countless lives. Countless lives. People are fed. Those in prisons read. Disenfranchised siblings obtain IDs and homes. Children are nurtured in a big-hearted, all-inclusive faith. D.C. policies and budgets are changed to create greater equity in this city. Neighbors learn to speak English. Our Foundry Welcome and Witness helps people know that they are loved by God no matter what. Of love, give life to others. Around the DMV, it seems almost unavoidable that our schedules get filled with so many things from our heavy, important work to family responsibilities to desperately trying to carve out some space for self care. Years ago, a member of Foundry who's about making the world a better place through doing big things, through changing policies at the highest levels of government, he told me this. He said, I know I can't always be in worship or participate in the weekly programs and missions, but the thing I can do is give generously to support all of those things. That may be true for some of you a lot of the time. Our regular online, 
whether living near or far away, can participate fully in Foundry's impact in the world through financial support. And each one of us, through giving as much as we can, for Foundry's witness and mission to remain strong and vital. I've often said, if everyone who claims Foundry as their spiritual home or as a regular source of nurture, if all those people submitted an estimate of giving for our Reunite and Renew campaign, we would have more, more, more than enough. is an act of love. It's an act of mercy and of piety. It's loving God and it's loving neighbor because of who we are and what we do. Giving to Foundry is one way that you can assure that you are living out the And as you do that, like a tree planted by streams of water, you become rooted in a community of love and grace through which you participate in lives and you become changed yourself. You're sustained and encouraged, nurtured and fueled by the wellspring of God's faithfulness, God's mercy and God's love. For the gift of God's grace, for the opportunity to participate with God in bringing new things, new life into the world, and for the law that gives life. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.